I thought, I'm looking at this as if I've got a new job. And that's how I started looking at it. Up until then, I think I just thought it was, you know, yeah, I'll sign up for this and, you know, I'll have a drink in the evening. But I didn't. I put a lot more into that. I put a, I put everything into it. And I just took all of the tools in the toolkit and I read what was suggested to read. I listened to the podcast. I just followed the instructions and the connection with the tribe. That was the thing. And just what wonderful people they are. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to Tribe Sober Podcast, episode 130. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last six years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. Many of those people found Tribe Sober by doing one of our challenges. Our alcohol-free challenges are usually a month or 66 days. But in August, we did our very first five-day sober sprint And it works so well that people are messaging me saying that they've been sober since that sprint, but they're coming to the next one because it was such fun and they want to be a cheerleader for the next group. How awesome is that? So our next sober sprint is from October the 17th to the 21st. Our sober sprints are absolutely free and they're a bit like a sobriety boot camp. All the action takes place in a Facebook group where we offer daily tasks and training sessions as well as all-day support from the Tribe Sober team. We already have 500 people in the group, so the community vibe is fantastic. So come and join us in the Facebook Sober Sprinters group. You can find the group and ask to join. Or if you want more information about the sprint, you can just go to tribesober.com and hit the Sober Sprint button. It's absolutely free, so why not do it right now? So let's get to this week's podcast guest. I always love featuring a tribe member on the podcast, but this week it's particularly special as tribe member Roz is celebrating her first soberversary. All those sober firsts are important. The first time we socialise without alcohol, the first time we go on holiday without it. Even sober packing is a thing, according to some of our tribe members. And of course, the soberversary is a culmination of all of those sober firsts. A whole year of sobriety is enough for most people to nail the not drinking part and then to start reconfiguring their lives, creating a life they don't want to escape from. If you want to give sobriety a try, then go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. I often say that if we really want to stop drinking, we have to throw the book at it. 
And Roz is a fantastic example of the results you get if you do that. A bit like me, Roz had been drinking for decades and knew that she would have to make a change, so she joined the tribe. She turned up on day one, looking wobbly and tearful at our weekly Zoom cafe, and then she came to Zoom every single week of that year. And it was such a joy to see her getting stronger and looking happier as time went by. Roz put the work in, and as a result, she only ever had one day one. She used the tribe roadmap and worked her way systematically through our seven steps. She got connected and stayed connected. She did the prep, she did the work, and then she moved into healing her body and her mind. I began by asking Roz to introduce herself. Okay, well, first of all, thank you for sharing this very special day with me because without you and I'm going to get all emotional I would not be here and that's the fact <laughs> you oh, know what I'm like set me off to now I'm a crier <laughs> okay um well hi to anybody out there my name is Ros and I'm one of the older members here probably maybe even the oldest I'm married to a great guy called Robin he's a fellow Brit but we met when we were both working in Greece and we've never had a permanent home in the UK. Um, We've always lived abroad and for the last 40 years we've been living in Malaga in Andalusia, province of Andalusia, which is southern Spain, the tip of Spain, and we've been here, as I say, 40 years and we absolutely love it. Wonderful, yeah, well, as you know, I'm also a kind of expat and I also love uh, living in South Africa. So let's let's dive into that drinking story, shall we, Roz? <laughs> when did it all start? Were you like me? Were you a teenage, a crazy British drinker? There was no drink in our house. My parents didn't drink at all. I don't think any of my family drank. They weren't anti-drink. It just really didn't come into it. Didn't come into it. You know, we had nothing at home. I think if my mum went out, she might have had a sherry, but we had no wine, no drink, not even at Christmas. And if my mum sort of offered anyone a drink, uh, which much to their disappointment, I think very often, she meant tea and coffee. And I didn't really start drinking till I was in my probably mid-late teens. And I started going downtown. I'm from Bristol, uh, downtown on a Friday night with the girls. And I can't say that was love at first sight because all we could afford was half a bitter. And I don't know if you've ever drunk half a bitter, but, you know, it's not the easiest drink to get down you. So, no, I wasn't an early drinker, but I always had the capacity. Even then, I could drink faster. And even if it was bitter and it tasted horrible, when my friends left theirs, I always sort of finished them off before we left the pub. Okay, and how did that evolve over the years? I I didn't go to college or university. I just wanted to leave England and travel. And I had a very good friend, and we went hitchhiking around Europe. We didn't get that far, but we went hitchhiking. We set off, took the ferry. That was, I guess, when it started, and I've always moved or lived abroad since. And I became involved in tourism. And so drinking really was, was our way of life. It was encouraged. It was, it was part and parcel of our whole scene. Everybody was drinking. I married the water ski instructor, right? Oh, sounds so romantic. <laughs> it, was, it probably was back then. 
drinking was just always in our in part of our lives but I never saw it really as a problem because everybody was drinking yeah and it wasn't frowned upon at all it was encouraged you know even when we first came here we were still involved in tourism we lived for a couple of years in Mexico and then when um if you remember Freddie Laker's days when tourism moved to Miami we had lots of friends working there and we were in Miami Tampa and Sarasota for a couple of years and just I must ask you Ros did you get into tequila tequila and into something a lot lot worse in Mexico something called Alguadiente and that was the story where I ended up in the hospital with that one I if it was out there Janet I drank it yeah yeah I drank it but red wine was my main thing yes yes we we got you off the bitter at last anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah when did you start worrying about it? I think I've always known that it wasn't good for my health. I eat healthily, like a lot of people, I think, who drink a lot. I always make sure I go to the gym. I'm very conscious about what I put in my body. Apart from the alcohol, I was the perfect specimen. So I've always known that I drank too much. I was just the same about the, you know, doing yoga, exercising, eating organic. It's almost as if the alcohol is the last bit of the puzzle, but we won't let that go, will we? It's like, well, I'll do all these good things, but leave me my wine. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. So, Ros, did you, like many of us, set rules around your drinking? I set so many rules that you'd never believe them. You know, I presented my husband nearly every day with a new plan, a new program that we were going to do. We weren't going to drink on Fridays and Saturdays. Then we were. We weren't going to drink in the weekdays. We are going to drink at the weekends. Um, we had our own bottles, but he knew I was drinking out of his as well as mine. Yes, I set all the rules. I set all the rules, set them, and I never got tired. I never, I set them for about 30 years. Rules. Wow. So did you have this dream of being a normal drinker, just being able to have a glass of wine and then yes, go on and I do did. something else? I did. Yeah. And actually, when I was 30 and I started taking the blood pressure medication, I did speak to my doctor. I thought I'd open up to him a little bit. And he said to me, stop drinking until you can drink like a normal person. And his, and I still remember, even though it was so many years ago, he said, have a sherry at a wedding and a beer on the beach. And I just walked out of there and I thought, you haven't got to. And I did for a while then. I did then try to cut down to half a bottle of wine a day. And that sort of went all right for a couple of months. But no, I had a problem until I took moderation out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. Like so many of us. I mean, I hung around with moderation, Mary, for for a decade. It's crazy when when you look back, isn't it? It's so much easier just just to ditch the stuff. Just to Absolutely. So there you were with your half a bottle of wine a day, kind of moderating. But were you yes. aware of the the low risk limits? You know, I think that it's a British thing, but a bottle and a half of wine a week, anything Sorry. more than that, and we're putting our health at risk. That's that's what the experts say anyway. Did, did you know about that? No, Absolutely no. no. I had no idea. In actual fact, I don't think it's until recently that I was actually aware, and my husband as well, eh? and he's not, we're not silly people. We were not aware what a poison toxin it was. And as I think I've probably said at different Zooms that I've lost both my sisters, my older one and my younger one, to cancer. I spent a lot of time with my younger sister at the hospice. and We had every sort of person coming to talk and to try and help. We had lots of dieticians and 
various people, all sorts of real specialists in their field. Not one of them, as far as I can remember, ever, ever mentioned the drink. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I remember after my breast cancer, I said to my oncologist, do you think I should uh, change my diet? Should I give up drinking? Just tell me what to do because I don't want this thing coming back. I'll do anything. And he said, oh, no. He said, you you should still drink your wine. He said, you know, you've come through this. Now you must enjoy your life. And bless him, he probably thought like that guy said to you, you know, a sherry here and there and a beer on the beach. But for me, that was straight back to my bottle of wine a night. So, yeah, crazy. I did hear actually Claire Pooley, she's had breast cancer as well, as have so many women in our community and that we know who, who are drinkers. She had no advice during her breast cancer, which was more recent than mine. I think it was maybe uh, five or six years ago. But she went for a mammogram recently and she was given like a printout, you know, of guidelines. And it actually said, don't drink more than three glasses oh, of wine. Nice. A week. So finally, you know, it's getting out there because apparently they're now saying more than three glasses of wine a week will raise your risk by 15%. So it's interesting that you were kind of worried, weren't you, for, for decades, really, because I was going mm. to run that stat by you that I'm always talking about, that study by The Tempest that says it takes the average person 11 years after they realize I've got a problem here to reaching out for help. So, I think I do actually think no I think that's actually spot on because I think that when my problem came to a head or when I realized that moderating wasn't working and that I couldn't do this on my own didn't think I could do it full stop I thought that was it which thank god it wasn't but it was about 10 years ago did something happen did you have blackouts like I did <laughs> yeah my yeah. walking talking blackout were you into those Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I've got stories when... about just about everything, as you can imagine, after all those decades of drinking and being the person I am. I got police stories, hospital stories, blackout stories, nearly lost my husband's job. And that was a blackout because it wasn't until someone mentioned it that I even realised that he'd been called back to head office because of, of me and he hadn't said anything. Oh, well, I'm so happy for both of you now. Life's very yes. different. So let's go back exactly a year to that first day at the Zoom cafe where you were quite tearful. And I I was just curious about the weeks leading up to that moment. What made you decide, I need a tribe, let me find one? And how did you find us? And did something happen in those previous weeks? Or was it just a final realization that you can't go on like that? Everything came together. It was fate. I'd read about you before and I'd actually signed up for your newsletters or your letters and the free book. But I seemed to think I think it was just I thought it was automated. And it was an actual email from you, Janet, to myself, to me. Yes, it was. You reached out that extra bit and you got me. You pulled me in. You just very nicely said, thank you for I see you open our emails thank you for that would you like some more information uh would you like to chat uh why didn't you join us for a month and I was still in the denial of, I knew I needed help but I, I really still didn't think it was out there and so I wrote back and said you know first of all I was in shock that you'd written to me and then I wrote back and said thank you for your concern but I'm not prepared to commit to something that you know or to sign up to something I can't commit to and then I started thinking. 
I started thinking and I thought solidly about this, where I was going, the hole I was in. And, you know, I for the first time I thought, there's a way out of this. I can do this, or at least I can give it my best shot. And also the 19th, it was the, the, um, the day of my sister's funeral. And it was the, the day that I'd actually closed up. I had a, you know, like a room in her house and, you know, I partly lived there because for the last eight years when she was in treatment, I was there or she was here. And I closed the door then and I closed the door and, and it was the 19th of July. And I, I just felt like she was talking to me. Oh, yeah. And I signed up for a year with Tribe Sober. Yeah, it was interesting, Ros, what you said about you thought you couldn't do it. Because, you know, I get a lot of people WhatsApping me, emailing me saying, do I have to be sober to join Tribe Sober? So obviously I tell them, no, you know, just just join up, listen and learn. And I think, you know, we've got so many inspiring people, including yourself, that have done it. I think gradually people will realize that it is possible and that, you know, we can take them there gently. But um, it's it's surprising how maybe it's the name because we call tribe sober. They think, oh, I can't join that. I'm not sober. <laughs> so, Ros, you're, you're like my top student. You're such a good example of what happens when you do the work, you know, and I'm forever saying just throw the book at this thing, you know, uh-huh. and it's six months of hard work. And then you get a whole new life as your reward. But uh, how have you managed that? Because you are quite exceptional. You know, I must say, not many people manage that. I mean, many people in our tribe manage to get sober, but not without several slip ups and several false starts. And in Monica's case, 84 day ones, even though she got there in the end, she's now one year sober. But for you, it was like you thought, I'm doing this and you did it. Yeah, it was the right time for me. And I was a little bit further along than a lot of people that joined, but it was the right time for me. But also I had made up my mind and I believed it could happen. I don't know why, but I believed it could happen. And I believed that if I did everything that you said, I I had so much faith and trust in Tribe Sober and myself. And I did absolutely, as you say, I did everything. I also found the coaching session, which came with my membership, which I was very nervous about as well, um, because I've never had coaching, but with Lynette. And it was Lynette who made me realize that this wasn't just something I was going to do on the side, that I really, this was an actual project. And that's when I thought, I'm looking at this as if I've got a new job. And that's how I started looking at it. Up until then, I think I just thought it was, you know, yeah, I'll sign up for this and, you know, I'll have a drink in the evening. But I didn't. I put a lot more into that. I put a, I put everything into it. And I just took all of the tools in the toolkit and I read what was suggested to read. I listened to the podcast. I just followed the instructions and the connection with the tribe. That was the thing. And just what wonderful people they are. Yeah, they are. I, lo- I love that. Um aspect looking at it like a job and and when when we think about it Ros what job is more important than saving our own lives yeah that's that's what I said to myself after my talk with Lynette I mean I I mean I just thought gosh you I would have over the years I would have given anything any amount of money to wake up sober you know I really would you know the times when I like had three days when I haven't drunk and then 
I've given up right at the last minute. And the next day I thought, gosh, if I could have only whacked myself over the head, you know, about half past 10 every night, or and I would have done anything, then why can't I do this? I'm 70 years old, you know, with a bit of luck. I've got a lot more years ahead, but at least 10 years where I can still travel and dance and have fun. <laughs> and and I and that's how I that's how I did it. I, I it was it was my whole my whole life, my yeah, whole world yeah. for a year. And you you made it a priority. I had a, a message the other day from a lady that said, Oh, I'd love to go come to the Zoom cafe, but uh, we've got family around and they won't like it, you know, if I go off to the bedroom and do a Zoom call. And, you know, I was, uh, I just gave her a bit of tough love. You know, I said, you you have to put yourself first. You know, we're so used to pleasing everybody. And and that's why we end up, you know, getting uh, into this mess sometimes because it's the peer pressure and we just, you know, want to drink with our friends and we don't want to be the centre of attention by not drinking. So that's, that's how it happens. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. Talking of peer pressure, Roz, tell me about your friendship circle because I presume, you know, you, you had some boozy mates. I certainly <laughs> did. They were all still there. I've got some tremendous friends, yeah. I found it difficult. I had all the firsts. I had all the anxiousness and the, you know, worrying about the first time I did this and the first time I went there, just like the new people now that I, I see on the sober bus. You know, I went through all of that, but I just went through it. I just took it all bit by bit. I took your advice all the way along to be an anthropologist. And I found that I got better and better at it. And I got more assertive with it. And the friends were still there. Fantastic. And of course, you've just returned from your first sober cruise. (laughs) Yes. And it was great. It was great because my husband... Um, noticed it more on the cruise that I was so much more relaxed because he said I wasn't running around everywhere looking for waiters and drink and I was and then you know and I used to see someone with a drink and then I'd be why aren't they drinking it you know (laughs) you know and they've had two and someone over there had one so I understand that I'm more relaxed to be around yeah, that's that's interesting. I I was like that in restaurants. You know, the minute we sat down, obviously I'd have to have my my wine, but then I, I'd always keep my eye on the wine waiter, you know, and and someone else on the table if if they hadn't finished their wine, I'd think, what's wrong with them? Yeah, and if we were out, I'm always saying to everyone, "Can you get the bottle? Can you pass the bottle down? Can you fill my glass?" I, yeah, and until I'd had three big glasses, when I'd had three, I'd calm down. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that must be the blood sugar thing. It's uh, yeah. it's a sedative, isn't it? It just yeah. levels us out. But the kind of downside of that is we, um, you know, we put up with with things that we're not really enjoying sometimes. You know, I used to go to social events that I didn't really enjoy myself, but you just get kind of carried along and I think, oh, well, there'll be wine. <laughs> I'm the first to leave the party now. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was always the last. I know that you're a keen user of our annual trackers, which are very kind of low tech, just bits of paper, really, with a whole year 
And uh, the the idea is that we mark off our alcohol-free days. And you were very good at this. You used to use all sorts of nice colors and things, and you were always taking screenshots. And I agree with you that they're extremely effective and motivating. But why do you think that's the case? Why why do they help? (laughs) I'm glad you said trackers in the plural, Janet, because my husband would say, there's another tracker, but you want another tracker. So I've got my tracker on my app. That's how had that for years yeah. a dry january one or something that that's fine but i had two main trackers one in the bathroom and one in the kitchen and i love them and the one in the bathroom i marked off in the evening before i went to bed because these days i was actually going to bed right and i was going by the bathroom to clean my teeth and get a book that was always some that was always been a dream of mine to go to bed like a normal person <laughs> So that was in the evening. And then in the morning, when I came out to make the um, my first cup of tea, I, I'm an early riser, so I'm always out before my husband. I've got the one in the kitchen, and I used to mark that one off. And I used to feel so good with those two. I used to feel good going to bed. And I'm not a good sleeper, and I still don't sleep right through the night. I wait several times. But, you know, just ticking that off. And then when I wake at half past three, you know, I'm, I ticked another day off, and I'm talking about when it was two days or three days. Now, three hundred and sixty-six. Um, yes, I love my trackers, and yes, I did post Janet. I on Saturday I used to say it's it's tracker it's tracker posting day, and I'd be out there to take the picture of it. And very often I was the only one posting, like some seven-year-old <laughs> posting it loud and posting it proud. I mean, I, I think they're brilliant, those trackers, yes. because it it helps you keep perspective, doesn't it? And even if, you know, you do have a few slip-ups, you know, as some people do, you just get back on, on the bus, as we say, and make a little black mark maybe on the tracker and, and carry yeah, on. Absolutely. I wish I'd had one before, not just the, you know, the ones on the phone where you go back to zero, you know. Yeah, because they they don't give you that sense of progress, you know, because I think it's progress over perfection. You know, you were perfection, but not everybody is. So they must. Yeah, it's an incentive and a motivation. Yeah. If their sober stretches get longer, then that's, you know, even by one day, then that's that's an achievement. So um, if anyone's listening to this and they want a tracker, just drop me a a mail at Janet at tribesober.com and I'll send you one of our magic trackers. Benefits of sobriety, Ros. Have you got three for me? Yes, I've got 303, but uh, probably health, first of all, health, and then then freedom. I mean, just freedom, freedom and freedom, really. That's my three, because with freedom, just I can I can get in the car any time of the evening. If somebody calls now and they say that they're not feeling well or they've got a problem, I can get in the car as whereas we've had that occasion before when we can say we can't come out now, you know, because you know we've both had a drink. Freedom from that, I love it. Um, the freedom from the anxiety when I wake up in the middle of the night. I still wait, but that that uh, I stopped walking around the house beating myself up and you know crying into my nightdress. I'm is freedom, freedom from yeah. everything. And my husband has said as well as that calmness. Yeah, I, I feel that as well. It's it's a relief, isn't it? And when we look back now, it's it's like we were in jail, you know, and that's why we feel free. 
because any addiction puts you in in jail, doesn't it? In jail and, and not even yourself because you didn't even know, you don't actually know what's been, what, what you've written, what you've said. You can't very often remember what you've done. At Tribe Sober, we say sobriety is a superpower. And our friend Susan Christina from that fabulous magazine, Ola Sober, says that we must put down our glass and take back our power. I love that. And I wanted to ask you, do you feel more strong and powerful and able to do more stuff? Yes, I do. And I feel powerful because because it's me doing everything now. I'm in charge. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the power that I feel from not drinking because before the alcohol was in charge, but now it's me. I'm responsible for all my own actions. I'm quite happy to take responsibility for them as well. My moods are my own moods and I'm responsible for them. And it's me and I'm reliant on me and I'm learning to believe in me in a way that I haven't in the last 70 years. What you've done is taken back control, haven't you, of your life. You're in charge now, not the booze. Because we can yeah. be sure that the booze doesn't have our best interests at heart, whereas Sober Roz does. One of the reasons you succeeded, Roz, was because you gave it your all. You made your sobriety a priority. So going forward, let's look forward to year two, because you're not going to have to work as hard. You know, I, I'm sure you will still do the work and hope you'll still stay connected and come to Zoom Cafe, etc. Because you're yes, such an I inspiration to others. Yeah. And it's a nice feeling to, to help other people. I can, can vouch for that. But I just wondered how you see year two. Have you got anything planned or with your your new energy and creativity? Anything come to mind yet? Just really relaxing into tribe yeah. sober and and in, and enjoying it all and yeah. still being part of it and not being so intense about yeah. everything and then I just hope that you know my life then will just flow it will just it will you know all all you know just all become this sobriety now which has been the thing for the last year that it's going to be just become me yeah. part of me. That's my project. I mean, that's what's exciting about sobriety, I think, because I say to people sometimes if I'm coaching someone and they, you know, they can't really, they don't really get it. I say, well, just uh, fast forward your life five years or even 10 years. And what do you think is going to be happening? You know, and if you're still drinking, you can be sure that you'll be drinking a little bit more. You'll probably have clocked up some health issues. You won't really have done anything or changed very much. But if you stop drinking, then the path ahead, it's actually quite exciting because you've no idea what's going to happen. No, and I am excited, Janet. I really am excited. I'm really excited and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little bit nervous as well, uh, but I am really looking forward to to my second year of sobriety. Yeah. And God, I, I wish I'd done it earlier, of course, but I did it when I did it. So Exactly. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, now a lot of people struggle, as you know, you see on the group because their partner drinks, but your partner has, um, kind of emulated you, I think, hasn't he? Tell us how that worked out. One one, one of the biggest surprises to me, I mean, he's gone along with everything. He's put up with a, a load from me over the years. He's a very nice, lovely, patient person. And 
he obviously loves me dearly. And but this time I went, I took, I did this on my own. I didn't involve him. I joined Tribe Sober. I told him I was joining was me. And it probably wasn't till about week three that he realized that I was serious. Um, up until then, he was saying, well, you know, eventually, you know, when you drink eventually. And I didn't really contradict him. I just kept telling him the same thing as I told him in the beginning, which he wasn't listening to, that if I keep on drinking, Robin, I'm not going to last another five years because I don't want to. You know, I was in such a hole, but he wasn't listening. And anyway, he he started to take me seriously and he started to become interested. And then I, I did the 30 days and a few days in between and I needed more help. So I signed up for the Sober Spring. And that's when he said, well, what is the sober spring? So I explained it to him. So he sort of said, well, I'll do it with you. So I said, well, if you want, but, you know, just, you know, get a tracker then if you want. I said, but, you know, you can drink on it and, you know, just mark off your days, just see how you go. And he hasn't had a drink since since that day. And this is, it's funny. I don't know if it's going to come out as funny, but he never listens to podcasts and, you know, all the memes and stuff. He's not that sort of guy, you know. He he's, he doesn't need he doesn't need friends. He doesn't need anything. And in the beginning, I was listening to your talks um, when I got back from the gym with my coffee. You know, you were doing the mini podcasts that came along with Sober Spring, and I was putting them on, and, and he was listening. And then it was probably about four or five days in, and he was saying, "Are we going to listen to Janet? Or is it time for Janet now?" And <laughs> and I tell you what, I could not believe. That he then he downloaded the app and he said, Should we do Janet now? And it was Janet this and Janet this and Janet <laughs> Janet said, and it was it was absolutely quite amazing. And um then as well, he started on Saturday when you do the new uh podcast. I will go out for a walk and listen to it first, but then when I come back have coffee, you know, I've sort of play it I always played it and now he always wants to listen to it as well if we got a new podcast and he said that um, I asked him this morning and he said that he just noticed the benefits and he you know he really noticed the benefits and he hasn't had a drink since look well you don't for both of us so Ross if someone's listening to this and they're like we used to be and they're thinking oh I don't think I could do this but I know I should because we both knew, didn't we? We had this this voice in our head saying you're drinking too much for decades. What would you say to them? What What's the first step? The first step is believe that you can do it. Believe that you can do it. Then find a tribe, find people like you, because there are people like you. And I think the absolute relief when I came to Zoom and when I met you all and realized, because up until then, for the last 40 years, I really have felt like I was on my own out there. So I would say, find a tribe, find Tribe Sober, that's the best in the world. But if not Tribe Sober, find a community, find some people, and then lean into them. And you can't fail. You can't fail. Not maybe you will have a drink here and drink there, but just stay connected, stay connected. And also as well, there's so much to learn about alcohol the toxins and how the brain works as well it's yeah. it's a it's a new world actually it's a whole new path yeah it is a new world it's called Soberland. and my my husband said to me the other day don't you because I was doing a podcast I just finished recording it he said 
don't you get bored talking about the same subject all the time? And I said, never. That is so much. You know, I've been doing this seven years and I still read new articles, you know, with great interest and I'm learning so much stuff, you know, about neuroplasticity, et cetera. It's fascinating. And you're doing such a wonderful job for so many of us. I feel very privileged to be doing this and to be meeting such amazing people. You know, I mean, we and aren't they amazing? And, and, you know, don't be worried about joining a tribe because we, I mean, we are such fun people anyway. I mean, that's why we all drank. It's been an honour to be with you on that first anniversary. I can't think of a nicer way to actually spend my first year. And it is truly a miracle. And I would just like to say, I, I hate it when people used to say this, but if I can do it, then yes, you can. Thank you so much, Ros. You're such an inspiration. Let's pull out some key points. Ros came from a non-drinking household, and apart from the odd half of a pint of beer in the pub with her friends, her teenage years were pretty much alcohol-free. As she got into her 20s, Ros left the UK and began a career in tourism, where drinking was very much part of the work-hard-play-hard culture, she began to drink regularly and with great enthusiasm. Ros lived in Mexico for a couple of years and discovered that there was a drink that was even stronger than tequila, strong enough to put her in hospital, in fact. As she says, if it was there, I would drink it. Like many of us, Ros was into healthy eating and going to the gym, but no way was she going to relinquish the booze. In fact, she was blissfully unaware of the toxicity of alcohol and had no idea that the low-risk limits of alcohol are just one and a half bottles of wine a week. In fact, the World Health Organization now recommends that if we want to be healthy, we don't touch alcohol at all. I could do a whole episode on the toxicity of alcohol, but let me just give you Russell Brand's brilliant answer when people ask him why he's not drinking. He simply says, that stuff's flammable, you know. So thanks to our workshop, Ros is now more than aware of just how much damage alcohol does to her brain and her body. Sadly, she lost both of her sisters to cancer and reflected back to the time she spent in a hospice with one of her sisters. There were plenty of health experts coming in to give talks about healthy eating, yoga, meditation, but not one word about alcohol. Not a word about the fact that alcohol is linked to seven different types of cancer and that drinking more than three small glasses of wine a week will raise your risk of breast cancer by 15%. We both agreed with the research that says it takes most people about a decade in between recognising that they have a problem with alcohol and then actually doing something about it. And we both wasted far too long setting rules around our drinking and trying to moderate. Whereas, in fact, we'd both crossed a line with our drinking and there was no moderation. There was no going back. We simply had to ditch the stuff and then go forward and create an alcohol-free life that we loved. Ros recognised that she needed help about 10 years before joining Tribe Sober. But once she did join, everything changed. She felt such a sense of relief when she met other people who had the same problem with alcohol. She realised that she was not alone in this. If you're feeling alone in your struggle with alcohol, then please check out Tribe Sober. 
We're here for you and nothing makes us happier than helping people to ditch the booze and change their life. Ross took all of our advice to heart and accepted that sobriety is not something we do on the side or tinker around the edges. We have to make it a priority. We have to forget the people pleasing and the fitting in. We have to learn to put ourselves first. Ross coped with her social life by taking our advice to be an anthropologist. Learn to be an observer and watch how people change as the drinking progresses. No need to judge anyone, just come from a place of curiosity. It's fascinating and the evening will fly by. She got through her sober first, taking pleasure in every achievement and sharing them with us at the Zoom cafe. She even did a sober cruise. We talked about the value of the annual trackers that we use here at Tribe Sober. Although it might seem a bit antiquated to have a piece of paper with 365 squares on it, it actually works better than trackers on your phone, which just take you back to zero if you have a slip up. With our trackers, you colour in every single alcohol-free day so that you can observe your sober stretches and see that they're getting longer. If you do have a slip up, you mark it on the tracker and get right back on the sober bus the next day. As Ros didn't have a single slip up, she took great pleasure in colouring in her tracker and then posting it on our chat group on Screenshot Saturday. Our annual trackers give perspective and keep us motivated. If you'd like one, then just email me, janet at tribesober.com and I'll send you one right away. As Ross enters her second year of sobriety, she's planning to relax into it as it becomes the new normal. Her husband is also sober. After a few months of watching Ros, her husband decided to do our Sober Spring Challenge to keep her company for a while, and he's been sober ever since. Well done, Robin. You heard Ros talking about the joy she took from her sober firsts. So to end the podcast, I've picked a comment from one of our chat rooms, from Shelley, who was just back from her first sober holiday. Hello, tribe. Just want to report back to you guys on my first ever alcohol-free holiday. We returned yesterday and I'm proud to say that I didn't touch the poison and I'm still alcohol-free 28 days later. Hubby admitted sheepishly that he's proud of me, so I think the penny has finally dropped that this is going to be my new life. Thank you for the support, the tips and the fantastic advice. You guys mean the world to me. I think the fact that I was prepared with my alcohol-free drinks made things easier. I initially thought I was going to be a wet blanket compared with my drinking cousins and sister, but realised with shock that I was actually the same person without alcohol. My mind is still blown. I know it's still early days, but I feel stronger within myself. Tribe, you were instrumental in freeing my mind from old crappy thought patterns that never served me. I love you guys. Oh, we love you too, Shelley. And well done on that very important sober first. If you want to start clocking up some sober first like Shelley, or even a whole sober year like Ross, then your first step should be to join our five-day sober sprint. It takes place from the 17th to the 21st of October, and it's absolutely free. 
to join, you can go to tribesober.com and hit Sober Sprint or just find the Sober Sprinters Facebook group and ask to join. So that's it from me, guys. I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard. It takes courage and grit and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.